You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. According to a recent survey of 2,000 American women ages 30 to 60, nearly half of them said they have experienced the symptoms of a hormone imbalance. However, a whopping 72% of respondents said that they weren't aware that their symptoms were related to hormone imbalances until after they experienced them. Now, you girls all know that stress is a major contributor to how you experience life. It's a big player when it comes to how we feel, and it's a big player when it comes to our health. We're all familiar with common symptoms related to stress, things like anxiety, gut issues, abdominal fat gain, heart palpitations, low libido, and insomnia. All of these are signs that cortisol, one of our stress hormones, may be running wild. What you might not know is that there are a number of other symptoms that go along with stress, and you might not realize what's causing all of this stress. Could it be nutrient deficiency, a blood sugar imbalance, or could it be our thoughts and perceptions? There's lots of sneaky ways stress is expressed. In this episode, you're going to join me and an amazing, very knowledgeable guest named Sarah Burden, who is a natural health educator and just all around fun gal. It's such a great conversation. We're going to talk all about sneaky ways stress affects your hormones and your health. But before I take you into that conversation, let's join Jess for a Mixers Girls Say. All right, we're continuing. We did a while ago, worst travel stories. (laughs) And there's more. <laughs> there's a lot of there's submissions. More. And I think it's funny to go through because I feel like in the summer, people are traveling a lot. And so they're having funny and bad experiences or the best memories ever. And it's just funny. Yeah. Um, I had to argue with eight German security guards about whether a bookend was too dangerous to carry on. A bookend? Book I'm so Probably confused. like, are those like what you put at the uh-huh. end of a book? So something so she heavy. probably... They probably got like some sort of souvenir in huh. Germany. We're just trying to take it home. And they're like, it's for books. And I'm like, traveling to journey or Germany in a couple of weeks. So yes, I are. will make sure to not take bookends. Oh my gosh. This is so great. My friend, my friend, Bob. I always know it's going to be good. <laughs> you literally just look at it. And you can't my speak. My friend bought salt and Pecker shakers in Europe. <laughs> her, ba- I didn't even know that was a thing, but, but like, that's funny. <laughs> it's funny. Her bags literally got searched every time we went through an airport. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it probably went. <laughs> Thank you for that submission. That was entertaining. Oh, they got it. Another search. Oh, I can't read. My eyes are full of water. Um, Got food food poisoning on a 12-hour flight to my honeymoon. I barfed and diarrheaed for hours. Oh my gosh. Oh, sorry All right. to hear that. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. On your honeymoon? Terrible. We have some employees that have had the worst <laughs> honeymoons, and it's so sad. Okay. Uh, coming home from Las Vegas to Salt Lake, we had to go to Idaho, land and refuel, and go back to Salt Lake. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's reread that. Coming home from Las Vegas to Salt Lake, uh-huh. we had to go to Idaho. There you go. Land, refuel, 
and then go to Salt Lake. Got I get it, it now. Got that it. is super annoying. Yeah, when you go Wait, past- I don't get it. Why would you go past? No, we had that when we went to Puerto Rico back in March. Trevor and I, my husband and I- You guys had the worst <laughs> experience. <laughs> it was terrible. Where you were flying out of Salt Lake City. They flew us to um, Seattle- then to Minneapolis. This is the worst. And then to Puerto Rico. It no, was just a nightmare. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Terrible. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was such a thing. Yeah. And that is Makes the no worst. Sense. And that would make you have a terrible travel story. <laughs> Let's listen to the episode. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science, and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com. M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Welcome back, ladies. I'm excited, like I said in the intro, about this guest that we have today. Sarah is with me today, Sarah Burden, and she's amazing. I want to just have you have a chance, Sarah, to say hi to the ladies and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So hi, I'm Sarah Burden. I live right outside of Chicago, Illinois, and I've worked in the natural products industry since 2002. I originally you know, got my start working in retail, working with customers on the cosmetic side, and was really into you know, skincare and topicals. And I was dealing with acne myself. And one day a customer leaned over the counter. I was working at Barney's and she said, you know, it's more about what you put in your body than what you put on your body. And it was like a revelation. I love it. <laughs> it totally changed my trajectory of my life. So I went down the block and applied for a job at Whole Foods and started learning about supplements. So I've gotten to work as a rep for multiple great companies and work as an educator traveling the country. And currently I'm an educator for Iwi Algae Omega-3 Supplements. It's so interesting. This is the thing. We were connected by a mutual friend yeah. um, named Savannah. She is our one of our marketing managers at Mixer. She's so awesome. And she's been telling me, you need to meet Sarah. You and she are <laughs> going to be best friends. And so I, I could, love it. yeah, and we've had a couple conversations and yes, we could talk, you know, forever and hours and hours about basically everything regarding health and wellness and women mm-hmm. and all of this. I love it because I feel like we've got kind of similar backgrounds. Um, I love that you start how your journey started. I feel like so many of us that are, you know, either practitioners or in this type of um, world, it's always starts because we're the original girls in need. I feel like that's yes. always the case, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and I love that. It's so true. We've been talking um, recently about acne and how it is an inside out job. Mm-hmm. Um, but something, you know what? I, I'm like, let's just go here because I know we hadn't talked about this. So please forgive me that I'm going to have you um, educate us on something that maybe we didn't discuss before. But I want to have a little more education on how important it is to care about the things that we are using as skincare and how important that is, these products that we're choosing and how how can we know? Like, it's really hard sometimes because I know marketing is really effective and yeah. there's a lot of marketing terms that, you know, can be confusing. Um, mm. They can say natural or whatever, but they might not be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they may have some toxins that interfere mm-hmm. with our hormone balance and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, can you kind of give us... A, some pointers and and give us any of the you know information that you love to share. 
Oh, absolutely. I think that was a big revelation for me around that same time. You know, the kinds of skin creams I had been peddling. I remember one of my coworkers saying, you know, it, we worked for we worked for a brand that is known for being more of a natural brand. And one of my coworkers had pointed out, look at this long list of synthetics. Look at this at this long list of things derived from petroleum. This stuff isn't really as natural as we're sort of making it out to be, you know, at the cosmetic counter. And at the time, I mean, I was I was like 21 years old. And so none of this occurred to me at that time. I wasn't raised in a crunchy granola household. Um, you know, it was there was a lot of chemical everything Mm -hmm. in our house. And it just hadn't occurred to me. And so when I started to think this way and started to question, I did find out. And I think this was a mind-blowing moment for me and a lot of shoppers. If I couldn't absorb these compounds through my skin, then how would things like birth control patches work Mm -hmm. or nicotine patches work? Obviously, we know that there's a, that transdermal effect from things that we apply topically that they get into our bloodstream. That is known. That's how medicines are applied. So we are absorbing what we put on topically. And like you said, hormone disruptors, there are so many compounds that are hormone disruptors. So there are some good folks that I follow um, on Instagram. Like there's a, a woman called Just Ingredients. Uh, Love I think her, it's just, Carlin. Oh, you, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. she's a good friend. Um, yep, she'll be a guest she, on our oh, show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm yep. such a fan. <laughs> that's amazing. I think yeah. she does a great job mm-hmm. of helping educate in a way that's not fear mongering because that's the other thing. I I can easily, and I think a lot of people who get into the natural product space, we can tip over into actually the diagnosis of orthorexia, where mm-hmm. we become so fearful and everything needs to be clean and perfect and cleansing and purging, right? It can easily tip over into kind of like a neurotic, unhealthy, obsessive kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And so I I don't want anyone to be living in fear, but we can just make informed choices. Like when we know better, we do better, right? And so we start to glance at those ingredients and, oh, this one is just shea butter with some lavender essential oil. That feels right, you mm-hmm. know? And then I glance at this other product that maybe I could get at Target, which I love Target, but it's got a, you know, 64 ingredient list that is, you know, filled with things that are synthetically derived, including synthetic fragrances. And I think that those do a number on us. There are studies that show um, it can affect hormone balance. And I think even just when you get used to those artificial, you know, synthetic fragrances and colors, um, your nose sort of changes and you kind of tolerate a lot more chemical smell in your home, in your body care. And when you kind of take a step back from that and start using all natural, you know, organic stuff, you recalibrate and you're no longer, you know, comfortable with those really harsh, overpowering added fragrances. So I know people who's, who have had relief from headaches, relief from what they thought were allergies, you know, because they just dialed it down on the, the synthetics in their body care and their skincare routines. Exactly. I have felt that, you know, when I've worked with clients in my practice so many times, that was kind of the missing link was just Mm. paying attention to what we were actually putting in on our skin and Mm -hmm. and what we were breathing, you know, in the environment. So I love that. Thank you for sharing all that because I feel like we do talk about that on this show quite a bit, but I just think it's so fun and and good for us to hear it from other experts because, you know, it, it helps us to like really understand that it does have a huge effect on everything. And it really is, does come down to hormones for so many things for us. So if we can do, you know, everything possible and 
I always am saying, you know, like a little at a time, you know, good, better, mm-hmm, best. So mm-hmm. like you just said, the orthorexia thing is a real thing. I've struggled with orthorexia, whether it's yep. been with the nutrition that I am putting, you know, I've just had, you know, so much obsession over what exactly I was eating and, all, you know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But then the same thing can happen. You can get a little bit freaked out and just terrified that you're being surrounded by toxins. And it, it it's a little, it's kind of impossible, sad to say, to avoid toxins. But luckily, our bodies are designed to be able to help us to process out toxins. But it's when we overburden our system, that's when we have the hard time. So anytime, exactly. yeah, anytime we yeah. can give ourselves a little break, you know, like by mm-hmm. avoiding, you know, exposure as much as possible, it, our body will thank us. Absolutely. Well, yeah, our liver is an incredible filter, incredibly efficient. It does miraculous things to rid our body of those compounds that aren't supposed to be hanging out in our circulatory system. And we can just maybe give our liver a little love. But we know the number one thing that's damaging for us cognitively, physically, hormonally, um, you know, metabolically in regards to our libido, the number one, you know, challenge is stress. Mm. And so if I, if I take my natural health journey and turn it into a source of stress and panic and anxiety, it's no longer doing me any good, right? I think if you had someone who was a meticulous shopper eating only wheatgrass shots, you know, but she was neurotic about it versus like a guy eating like hamburgers every day, like he's probably going to live longer mm-hmm. because he's not so stressed out yeah. all the time. So I like that, yeah, that little, you know, baby steps approach. Yeah. And there's actually scientific evidence that shows that um, like a happy hamburger is always going to be more healthy than a sad salad. There's oh, so much. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm creating that like that wasn't the scientific study, but no, there was so evidence. Good. Yeah, there. <laughs> seriously, you can eat all the sad salad you want, and your body won't <laughs> use it the way that you're hoping because there's so much um, control and power that comes from our mindset around things. And so, yeah, so girls, we want you to be aware of that. It's it's holistic. It's a holistic approach. Yes. But I love that, and this is going to lead us totally into what I think we wanted to originally talk about is. Um, stress, how it does Mm -hmm. affect so much. And by putting things onto our body, we think of stress as, you know, having an argument or being, you know, stuck in traffic or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. But anything that is considered kind of an attack on our body is considered stress. That's how our body um, defines that, perceives it. And, And our body will let us know that it feels like it's in danger by showing symptoms, right? So whether it is Mm -hmm. acne or whether it Mm -hmm. is like getting, you know, like little fine lines around your eyes or it's um, getting headaches because you've been exposed to, you know, um, chemicals maybe from fragrances or things like that. Mm -hmm. These are all forms of stress. And also things like anxiety, um, huge. I would love to talk about that and how stress plays into, you know, anxiety. I think that it's like, we understand that, but what is it that we can do to help to, um, if we are dealing with anxiety, what are some things other than trying to do like meditation and, you know, which is all good. Yeah, we like all of that. Absolutely. Right. But what are some things that we can like hands-on do to help us to reduce um, the, you know, cons- the, the occurrence of anxiety on a regular basis? Mm, I think probably the first step we could take is being aware that that's what's happening. It took me into my mid thirties before I really digested that I am an anxious person because I'm very silly and goofy and playful. And if you dared me to go up to the front of the lunchroom and like do the Macarena, I would do it. It like that wouldn't bother me at all. So I didn't think of myself as an anxious person. And then when I started seeing some lists like, you know, 
Do you often replay uncomfortable situations going back all the way to third grade and get that flip-flop feeling in your stomach about it? Um, Do you find yourself going back to the same books or movies for comfort over and over, like comfort read or comfort watch, um, that when you have a, a, a time of your life that's been challenging or busy, that you seek that comfort from that familiar storyline, that can be a symptom of anxiety that, you know, I'm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I've done that my entire yeah. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I have too. I didn't know. Yeah. 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 It can be a symptom because I'm trying to give myself predictable emotional swells. Like I know this is the part where Mr. Darcy writes the letter or whatever, you know, so I know how I'm going to feel versus being out in my life where I don't know where, what I'm going to feel. Um, but any kind of, um, habitual tendencies, uh, you know, um, popping, you know, um, pimples or, uh, compulsively plucking eyebrows or things like that. Um, all of those are symptoms of anxiety. So I think first off, just maybe looking at some lists, reading a little bit more to see, Oh, maybe this is me too. Or I do okay all day. I manage okay all day. But the moment my head hits my pillow, it's like all my browser tabs reopen and suddenly I'm scanning or, you know, constant vigilance kind of mindset. I I can look for things like that to recognize, okay, maybe what I'm dealing with is anxiety. Um, And so from there, I can start to maybe make some changes. I think what's so funny and ironic is that so many folks with anxiety reach for things with caffeine, mm-hmm. <laughs> which just makes mm-hmm. it so much worse. Yep. And like the lie of the iced tea is like, <laughs> this is going to just give me what I need to get through my busy afternoon. And really, I just end up like breathing into a paper bag because <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be up any more than I am, right? So um, using things with caffeine is is that like deadly trap for somebody who deals with anxiety um, or things with high sugar also, right? If I'm not using caffeine, maybe I go to something really high sugar that gives me a huge rush of energy, um, but to the point where I feel a little thready in my pulse or I feel overstimulated and maybe hyperactive in my thinking. So maybe looking at some of those things I can pull out. Yeah, I know. I love that. Um, So I know so many of these things that you mentioned too, just the comfort seeking and all of that. And a lot of times I think that's where, why so many women go to the caffeine or they go to, you know, some kind of a stimulant. Cause a lot of times I think we think when you have anxiety that you have an overabundance of energy, which you do, but it can be very exhausting. Um, You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the clients that I've worked with, they actually struggle to like get going in the day because they've worn themselves out with anxious thoughts and things like that. So yeah, so they turn to caffeine. Um, You know, that's why we created, we have a product called Her Power. And Mm -hmm. Her Power, it was created to kind of hopefully be a, um, a substitute for these women that are seeking that support from caffeine, but give it, give them something that is actually going to be very nourishing and support our body's own natural energy production, as well as give our brain these nootropics that help to, you know, nourish the brain and help us to reduce anxiety and reduce depression and help with focus and help with concentration, mm-hmm. help to boost um, good feeling, you know, neurotransmitters, our dopamine, our serotonin, all of that. So important. Um, there's some recent research out there that is talking about now how, um, you know, for a long time, we've been think we've been told, and I and I've been teaching this as well that um, that anxiety and depression and things like that is a lack of serotonin, right? Mm, that that's mm-hmm. the and I do know that it's a it's a key, it's a part of it. 
Sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like it's, they're, they're basically saying now that that's not necessarily the case. Cause I mean, obviously it's a more complicated web than that, but yes. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have been, and I'm, I wouldn't put myself as an expert on this subject at all, but I've also been reading some interesting things mm-hmm. about that, that we, we've always been taught, or I had always been taught serotonin is that, you know, happy neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel happy and that that isn't necessarily the case. And that I do think that the causes of depression and anxiety are, you know, many and often very subtle. Um, I know that's something that the Just Ingredients um, site often uh, points to that, you know, the the digestive aspect, um, the kind of the gut brain axis and the way that um, we're digesting our foods, what our probiotics and microbiome are up to. And of course, you know, there's, there are more serotonin receptor sites in the gut than there are in the brain. We hear that all the time. And so we know serotonin does play a part in it, but that maybe it isn't just, just a lack of it, but that many, many different small imbalances, small dysfunctions happening, um, overstimulation from, from external factors like we've been talking about, you know, with kind of maybe chemical burden, um, you know, heightened stress response, maybe, uh, blood sugar issues. Uh, I know so many of us peak and then crash our blood sugar many times throughout the day without realizing it. And then what that does to our mood and our hormone and feelings of depression. So I think there are a lot of factors like you're saying. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because, um, so many clients that I've worked with, um, they have been given a a prescription that is meant solely to, like support serotonin, right? To put serotonin mm-hmm. into your body. Mm-hmm. And so when we kind of think that that's like a the end all be all, you know, um, part mm-hmm. of treating anxiety and depression, we're missing the boat. And so, yeah, I, that's why I love that you, everything you just shared because it's really important for us to understand that um, it's so much more. It is mm-hmm. we, when you are dealing with anxiety or, you know, anything else like that, um, the gut obviously is an important place to start. And so much of our happiness, so much of our energy, so much is started in the gut. And if you can take a more holistic approach, whether it is with the nutrition and, and rebuilding good, you know, microbiome in your gut and supporting that, and then also doing things to help with, um, you know, your overactive mind and, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. These are all the areas that we need to, to kind of cover. It's not just going to be this quick little pop a pill take, you know, put a bandaid on it and then you're going to feel right. better for good. Again, go to the root, you know, go to the root. What's causing a lot of this? And, and oftentimes yeah. it's in the gut. Well, and I do want to say, I'm so grateful that we have the medications available to us today for emergency situations, Absolutely. because we've all, we've all known people or had people in our families who were in really a crisis situation. And I'm so grateful that those medications are there for those crisis moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that anyone who who's there will also look you know, more comprehensively, more holistically at what else could I do to help my body and my brain have the very best possible chance of good results, right? Beyond, beyond just the pill, um, because getting enough sunshine, having community, you know, moving my body, putting whole foods into my body, um, omega-3 fatty acids. I, you know, yes. I, as a, as a representative of an algae omega-3 company, I, I would be derelict in my duties <laughs> if I didn't mention that because so omega-3, mm-hmm. yeah, omega-3s are critical for gut health and brain health, cognitive function, and also mood, um, hormonal balance. And so having a good steady source of omega-3s every day, um, algae is a very cool source because it is, it's where fish get their omega-3 is from algae. So you can go right to the original plant source and get 
fully formed EPA and DHA from algae. So that's a cool addition to anybody's supplement protocol, whether you're looking for skin glow or, or cognitive function, um, or, you know, if you, if you deal with dry eyes, uh, it's, it's great to layer into anyone's routine, but especially for the things we're talking about today, stress and women's health and libido. Yeah. It's so, it's amazing. It really is. It's a, it's a omega threes are essential. It's something that I always recommend every person, um, supplement with, because we most likely are not getting enough of those omega threes, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to omega sixes and so on. And so it's so great. And I love that. And I don't know if our audience knows that. I love that you shared that, that, um, it's not always like fish oil isn't always the, you know, the best source of omega-3. It's just that fish eat a lot of algae, right? That's right. That's where they get it. Right. And so I love that you can, again, go to the source. Here we are talking about go to the source, go to the source. And that's, yeah, that's so cool. I just, I'm fascinated by um, what you put out there and what you are, you know, bringing to the world and teaching about that. That's really cool stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many things that are so fun to talk about, but okay. Anxiety <laughs> is one symptom we've talked mm-hmm. about, you know, also like hunger. I mean, we haven't talked about, but I would like mm-hmm. to talk about like our effective on stress for hunger. Also maybe libido mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or anything else. Blood sugar. You've also talked about all of this too. I mean, this is, let's keep going. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so my personal journey was I, you know, around that time before I started working in the natural products world, I was, oh, I was vegan and I'm making air quotes mm-hmm. because I just ate like grilled cheese sandwiches yeah. all the time or no, you know, like with, with the fake cheese with the or whatever. Fake like cheese. I was, yeah. yeah. I just, I was, I was not eating any vegetables and I was a vegan, right? right. So it's just like chocolate vegan cupcakes or something, <laughs> yes. you know, very, very little so nutrition. Common. Yes. Oh my gosh. Entering my body. And I was sick constantly because so uh working in the health food store world there was a poster that used to be up in health food stores about 20 years ago and it showed for every teaspoon of sugar you consume how much of a negative effect that has on your functional immune system response and so you know for one teaspoon you have a decline of like 17% in your functional circulating immune system so by the time you've had like a can of coca-cola mm you're only operating with like 20% of your optimal functional immune system, something like that. And I remember looking at that poster and being like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably why I get every bug that comes around. You know, the guys who worked in the grocery department of the store where I worked used to tease me because they were the ones having happy hamburgers and happy <laughs> cigarettes and happy beer. Right. And they'd be like, Sarah, you're, you're the educator in the nutrition department and you're sick more than all of us put together. And they were right. So, but I started to clean up my act and cut sugar out. And it, it was, I mean, one of the most important health changes I've made. So I, I personally don't eat anything with added sugar anymore. And I haven't for like 17 years. Um, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I had to go cold Turkey. I was somebody who a little bit made me crave more. So I just had to cut it out. Um, and it was rough. It was rough for like six weeks. I really wanted it. And, but then your palate really changes. And I went from being the educator who said things like quinoa is considered a sweet grain and thinking like, no, please come on. It tastes like dirt to quinoa is a sweet grain. I can taste it now. I couldn't before when I was just loading my body with sugar, but so my acne cleared up my immune support, you know, my immune response became stronger. Uh, my moods got much more stable. My energy levels are more stable. And I did have a, a return to more balanced hormones and menstrual cycles because I had just been pumping my body full of so much sugar. So the tricky thing about eating sugar is my blood sugar then spikes and then crashes. And when my blood sugar crashes, 
my body sends out signals. We're hungry. We're hungry. We need more calories right now. And the truth is I don't need more calories right now. My, my blood sugar is just freaking out. Right. And so it tricks me into eating more fuel than what my body requires. And so anyone who's trying to maintain like their own healthy body weight, whether for joint health reasons or just, you know, physical reasons, wanting to feel our best, the biggest gift you can give yourself with that is pulling sugar out and especially sneaky sugar, like in mm. ketchup, in bread, in, you know, um, salad dressing. I'm sure you talk with your clients mm-hmm. about this all the time, yeah. but the, the, those added trace sugars, which just make you more artificially hungry, they're not doing you any favors. You can find analogs for all of those things with no sugar added and you will fi- feel satiety. You will find yourself pausing between meals and not needing anything, uh, it's it's pretty miraculous how profound an effect it has on your hunger cues. Yeah. And I just think that we're so used to eating so many processed foods and things that have yeah. this added sugar that sometimes come with sneaky names. So they don't always just say sugar in them. Uh-huh. You have to know the names of sugar, but being a, a nutrition label reader can be very helpful. And it's mm-hmm. so true. Exactly what you're saying um, as far as like, when you do start eliminating some of that sugar in your diet, you'll notice that so many symptoms because sugar is also a stress, right? And so, yes. so many of the symptoms that you maybe never associated with your intake of sugar can be healed a lot of times by just becoming a little bit more aware, starting to eliminate, and then hopefully, I mean, starting to reduce and then hopefully eventually eliminate as much mm-hmm. as possible. And and things start tasting sweeter naturally. And it's, it yes. is amazing. Your palate does change. So don't give up it there. It is hard. I've gone through that as well. And, and sometimes <laughs> it, cause it's an addiction. It's an addiction. It is. Sure. No, it absolutely yeah. is for me. And, and I think there are some people who, who aren't, you know, I have a girlfriend who can have like a slice of dark chocolate cake or something mm-hmm. once in a while. And it doesn't set up a craving for her. It, it does for me, sure, but you know, not for everyone, not for everybody. But yeah. So, so no, yeah. yeah, know your own reaction to it, but just know that it's never, it's not going to hurt you. There's nothing, you know, no negative side effects exactly. to quitting sugar. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about another like form of stress that kind of affects our, our body and shows up as another symptom. So, um, so maybe like you're saying, let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that can affect our libido, uh, mm-hmm. that we might not be putting together. Like there might be some things that we're doing and, and we're not realizing, oh, this actually could be what tips the scale on whether I have a good, strong libido or not. Definitely. Well, I think, yeah, stress itself, I think for so many women is the number one <laughs> libido bomb, right? Yep. It just, when our brains are busy, especially, and it's very difficult, right? If our brains are busy because we're managing getting the kids to soccer and getting bills paid, and maybe we also work outside of the home and you know we have all these commitments and we're pouring out all of the time, it can be very, very hard to have just the brain space and the physical energy. Um, but that stress doesn't put me, you know, I'm in a state of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So my body's not releasing like sexy hormones no, right not, then. It's <laughs> not time to bring a baby into the world when you're exactly. stressed out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So anything I can do to lower that stress and whether that's, you know, I, of course I advocate a holistic approach. I'm a huge fan of supplements. You know, um, there are all kinds of nutritional compounds, like we've said, omega-3 fatty acids, which I was glad you said, you know, these are essential. I think a lot of consumers, a lot of listeners don't recognize just like a vitamin is essential because it's something, a compound your body requires that it doesn't make on its own. It's the same for essential fatty acids, omega-3, 6, and 9. Like you said, omega-6, our diet is filled with Mm -hmm. it. You you can't step outside without (laughs) accidentally eating something that has omega-6 in it. But omega-3s are trickier because they really only come 
from algae and then things that eat algae. Um, but yeah, so nutritional compounds, making sure I have no uh, deficiencies that are setting me up, especially B vitamin mm, deficiencies. Yeah. Those are really common because when I'm under stress, my body's metabolic need for B vitamins is higher. And so it you know burns through those really quickly. And when there's not enough left over, I don't have enough for stable mood and hormone production. I, I'll see that the physical manifestation of that is often hair, skin, and nails that don't look as healthy as I would like because our bodies recognize, okay, there's not quite enough B vitamins to handle this this chick's need every day. So I'm not going to send it to the places that are kind of the nice to haves. I'm going to send it to her brain and her nervous system. So she yeah. doesn't end up with like degenerative nerve disease right. or something. Because <laughs> having sex ne- is awesome and a huge part of our health, but it's not necessary yeah. for our survival. I mean, it is for the it's, human race, but I'm saying for our yes, personal. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so much, I always say there's nothing that kills the mood more than stress, right? So exactly what you're saying. So true. um, And just having a low libido a lot of times can be a cause of stress too. So low libido in and of itself can be a cause, but it's also a symptom of stress on your body. And, you know, there's just so many things that we need to be aware of that when we are dealing with symptoms like we don't love, that we're not having fun with, and we're not feeling like we're in the mood. Mm Look deeper, kind of see what's going on in your life. Maybe it is that you're dealing with like an overburden of toxins. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. you're over dealing with um, too much going on in your life and you maybe need to delegate mm-hmm. some things a little bit more, right? Yes. Maybe you need to learn how to reframe what stress means to you in your life because I know it's impossible for us to get rid of stress completely, although that's what kind of this mm-hmm. episode is helping, hoping, hoping to help, right? Is to help to be aware yeah. of what stress is and how it affects our body. Um, but yeah, so yeah, continue on. I just, I love everything that you're sharing. I think it's just exactly. (laughs) It's well, it's so fun to talk to you. Yeah. It, it, and this is something that, you know, sometimes in groups of girlfriends, we do get into this topic, but not always like not all, all groups of friends talk like this. So I think it's so important, uh, for us to be sharing this way so that your listeners can kind of get an idea of what might be going on for them so that people don't feel so alone. Because I think that's a major part of what you're describing. You know, the stress of having low libido is then I feel shame and guilt, right? I'm not showing up for my partner the way that I want to. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mom, Mm -hmm. right? And so we have these really high standards for ourselves and this image of perfection that we're supposed to achieve. And then, so I'm adding to that stress and that's not going to get me in the mood faster. That's going (laughs) to have the, the opposite effect, right? So anything I can do to lower my my own stress um, and, you know, little tricks like uh, just kind of the mental concept that, that they teach kids a lot, you know, if it's nighttime and you have some worries, you know, imagine putting those in a worry box, you know, or, you know, if, in, in your faith tradition, maybe like taking that to like your creator or whatever feels right, like kind of that mental image of I'm going to put these, sure, they're totally important. They're valid. I'm going to put them in this little box right now. And then this is a time my brain can be peaceful and relax and they'll be there when I need to come back to them. And of course, when I come back to them often, oh, those weren't really anything important that I needed to worry about, or I've forgotten about it now. So that can be kind of as a little uh, mental practice um, so that if we have a busy life and we're running the kids around, you know, like we said, to different sports and I want to have some time for intimacy, but there's a lot on my brain, that kind of mental, Mm -hmm. you know, practice of, okay, I'm going to put all these to-dos I still have to do them. <laughs> they still need to get to done, but not right now. For this next couple hours, like this is time for for our relationship, you know. So something like that, um, along with 
uh, daily practices. Like you said, meditation is the ideal. It was tough for me to start meditating. Um, and especially for someone with a busy brain, I think listening to guided meditations are one of the best things. There are so many good apps you probably have shared with your listeners, but those guided meditations help because my brain is going to focus on something, whether it's my own internal train of thought or this lovely voice, Mm -hmm. you know, walking me through a peaceful experience. Such good tips and strategies. I do feel like if... I feel like the number one thing that I have helped has helped me personally when it comes to supporting libido or helping me to just even reduce stress overall is learning how to like delegate and to dump my brain, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that's a weird way to say, yes, it. I do. Um, I love meditation. I am a huge fan of meditation. I love a guided meditation as well. I also love, you know, looking at something, whether it's a flicker, you know, flickering candle mm-hmm. or a flame, something mm-hmm. like that. It helps me because um, I do talk about this, but I'll say it again. When I started meditating, I'm like you, I have a very busy brain. My brain is always trying to yeah. figure everything <laughs> out, right? And yes. and so it, I thought, I can't meditate because I, I can't stop thinking. And then it dawned on me like, mm-hmm. that's actually not what meditation is. It's not about stopping the brain from thinking. It's about how to refocus. And and it's all about that refocus. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you can learn to practice doing that refocus, that gives your body a safety signal because when you are in the moment, you're not always, I mean, unless there's like danger and it's true danger, you're not always going to be stressed. You're going to have a lot less stress on your, you know, psyche and on your, you know, physical Mm -hmm. body, if you can Mm -hmm. stay in in that moment. So practicing being able to refocus, that's what meditation is all about. And it's a huge, powerful tool to have in your toolbox. Absolutely. Yeah. Then when something happens at work, I can say, oh, wow, I am feeling sweaty hands and I'm feeling an upset stomach right now or something like that, right? Like I can process that the way my body is responding and I can be curious about it. And that, that perspective helps instantly unclench my shoulders, right? It doesn't solve the whole problem, but instantly I'm in that safe place for my body that, wow, look, I wonder if this relates to that teacher I had in high school who, you know, when she would say things like that, she was criticizing me. I wonder if that's what's happening, you know, again in my body. So getting curious about it, then my thinking brain can think a little bit, but it's noticing that I'm reacting to a situation rather than just feeling that panic of mm-hmm. thinking that it's real danger. Right, being more of an observer rather than a reactor yes. to yeah. your circumstances and to the the thoughts that are going on in your mind. Huge, huge tool to have to be able to help reduce effects, the negative effects that stress can have on us. Mm-hmm. That affects so many of the things that we suffer with every single day. You know, whether yeah. it's our hunger, whether it's our libido, whether it's our skin health, whether it's our gut health. I mean, it really can be kind of tied back to stress. Stress, I feel like, is is our biggest enemy. And it's something it, that is going to stick around for the rest of our life. It's just part of life, right? Stress. It's it, We're going to have it. Its job is to keep us safe. But we're, we're if we're experiencing it too often, there are some things we can do. So I have to say, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things was learning about the the vagus nerve, mm. um, you know, uh, that, that brain-gut connection and some of the practices that tone yes. a vagus nerve. Have you talked about this I want to talk show? more about it. I've, I've talked a little bit about this. This has been a huge thing that I just wanted... You posted something on Instagram. It was the cutest oh, yeah. quote. <laughs> Will you tell us what that quote was? It was so cute. I loved it. The problem with the vagal nerve is that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. (laughs) 
And it's so true because when there's that disquiet of that literal nerve, and it's called the vagus nerve because it comes from the root word for vagrant, like it wanders all over the body. And so it touches so many different parts in the body. I've heard people say that the vagus nerve runs really close to um, your inner ear. And that is part of why I'm um, cleaning your ear with a cotton swab feels kind of like amazing sometimes <laughs> yeah. when it gives, when it gives you that like massage. brain tickle yeah. feeling. Yeah. That brain tickle, it's the vagus nerve mm-hmm. that's being yeah. stimulated. So, um, but so that vagus nerve is the literal mind gut connection. And there are practices that can, so when your vagus nerve isn't toned well, you stay in fight or flight too long, or you could stay in the, the other side, the parasympathetic mm-hmm. response, rest and digest too long. And so a well-toned vagus nerve means someone swerves in traffic and cuts you off. You have that moment of reaction and heightened awareness, you know, and a little adrenaline rush to be able to navigate your car. And as soon as the moment passes, you can pretty quickly move back into balance. Mm -hmm. Um, Or when you're sleeping in the morning and it's time to wake up, you can pretty quickly move back into balance out of that state of rest. And an untoned vagus nerve is when you're not able to move quickly between those. So some of the practice that can help tone your vagus nerve are singing, mm-hmm. which made me so happy right? <laughs> to learn that. And there's a reason like humans have done this since the beginning of human time, right? And like in a group singing, singing loudly, like in a choir, it's toning your vagus nerve, that vibration, that deep humming, singing isn't that cool? It's to the learn? coolest thing ever. So that singing in the shower, you girls don't need to feel embarrassed about that. You are doing yourself some good. You are you yes. are taking care of your health. Um, I know I love that humming. Think about too, like you're saying thousands and thousands of years ago and still now, like the ohm and the, you know, yes. chanting and things like that. There was a reason that that was incorporated in these kinds of practices because The vagus nerve is very, I mean, it's connected. You're right. It goes through our body and it connects to every vital organ in our body. Mm -hmm. So Lungs, heart, liver, everything. So if you're struggling, you've got issues with any of these vital organs, a lot of times it can be connected to whether or not your vagal nerve is, or your vagus nerve is toned and, and is able to be adaptable. And so, and it's able to like go back and forth between the sympathetic and parasympathetic, like you just explained perfectly. I love it. It's, you know, I want to keep talking about it because yes, humming and even gargling, like gargling is a really great way to activate it. Um, Tell me some of the other ways that you like to help tone your vagal nerve. Yeah, nice, inexpensive ways are shifting between hot and cold water. So, you know, in an ideal world, you get to have maybe a spa day with some girlfriends or your sister and go between the hot baths and the cold baths or something. But in your home, you can just switch your shower between, you know, your nice hot shower and then go cold at the end. And you can work your way up, maybe just, you know, a split second to start um, and then kind of work your way up to maybe you're doing 30 seconds of really cold. Um, but that, that kind of transition between hot, water and cold water is stimulating and helpful for your vagus nerve. And that's another super ancient human practice, right? You think about um, people in you know Scandinavia doing like a sauna and then hopping into an ice plunge and going back and forth. We know that that's good for the immune response and it's good for your vagus nerve and your stress response as well. I love doing... Um this type of therapy. This is something that um, I've incorporated for the last couple of years. 
And I feel like it's made such a huge difference. And and you do, you can, like you said, in the shower, be able to just do that there. I, I now have like a, a sauna and then we have a, a cold plunge pool in our backyard, which is nice. So my husband oh, and I nice. are huge on this. But the reason that this is so helpful is because it literally mimics that adaptability between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So you're going, you're your stress isn't always bad. There's a purpose behind stress, right? Right. So it's important for us to be able to kind of put ourselves into states of stress. But the biggest thing is then training our body how to recover from that stressful mm-hmm. situation. And mm-hmm. that's where we struggle so much is that we never recover. We're just always in a constant state of stress and in survival mode. And and so that's what this, um, you know, this therapy can do, this hot and cold therapy can do is it can help your body to practice being in a stressful situation, but then also using breath, using your mind, you know, to be able to um, bring that stress level down and to be able to bring yourself into a, a state of calm into that parasympathetic while you are in a stressful situation. The more we can do mm-hmm. this, the stronger and we, we are going to be able to be and the better able we'll be to handle stressful situations, no matter whether it's in traffic or whatever. It's something that yeah. is so helpful. So I love, I love that you do that too. Yeah, yeah. And resilience is the right word. Yeah, resilience. It, because that there will always be challenges. There will always be situations that don't go my way. I work with other humans. They're going to make decisions that I don't like. Politicians are going to make decisions that I don't like. And so what can I do to make my body more resilient and flexible so that I don't snap and break exactly. during those times of, of testing? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Deep breathing. <laughs> that's another one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other things that you love? So uh, any nutrition, nutritional compound that helps provide GABA. Um, and so GABA is found in green tea and a number of different herbs. Um, L-theanine um, is one source. And then you can also get GABA as an individual nutrient in a lot of formulations that acts on the vagus nerve. There's a, there is just a host of GABA receptor sites along the vagus nerve. And so anything that ha- helps promote um, GABA utilization in the body helps to tone and make that a more resilient, um, more toned vagus nerve too. Yep, absolutely. I love GABA. And I, you know, we put L-theanine in our products. We have it in her power, like we've already talked about. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's something that's so important. I feel like it's it's a building block. If our body is provided the things that it needs, building blocks, then it mm-hmm. can also be resilient. That's the perfect word. I love that you yeah. brought that word up. Um, and and just to, you know, maybe some of you are like, well, I, I don't feel like that's a problem for me. It is absolutely a problem. The vagal nerve, like I mean, the vagal, like that so many of us have deactivated or very mm-hmm. Um, unconditioned, you know, vagal, vagus mm-hmm. nerves because we are, we are dealt a lot of stress in our life, but then, mm-hmm. um, just even there's a lot of studies right now that are coming out, which, um, is so crazy with everything we've been going through this last couple of years. I mean, yeah. just the, you know, shutdowns of everything that's creating a lot of stress, but even, um, they're finding just the exposure to COVID, whether you've had COVID or you've had a vaccination mm-hmm, or things mm-hmm. like that, there's thousands and thousands of people that are are realizing that their um their vagus nerve basically has become deactivated. So it's mm-hmm. something like if you think, and I feel like we've all been exposed, we've all had this issue. So be aware of that too. I'm not going to go too deep mm-hmm. into that, but just be aware because I feel like a lot of us don't realize that it's such an issue. Um, but yeah. whether if you're like if your gut is not, you know, you're not able to digest very well. Mm-hmm. You might need to be doing some of these strategies we talked about to help tone your vagus nerve, um, yeah. right? Or, um, you know, liver, heart, lungs, like you're saying, all of these things, brain, 
all of these mm-hmm. things um, can be t- right there. You know, that's that's what I, we need to tie up. Yeah, I love it. It's so fascinating. Our bodies are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Just, so yeah. it, the more you learn, the more incredible it, it seems, and the more complex it is. And it's sort of amazing that it functions at all because it's there's so much that has to go right and you know, with women's hormones, it's a symphony, right? It's not just a melody line. There's mm-hmm. so much happening at any given moment. And, you know, any point of our cycle, if you take a look at where all of your different hormone levels are, and they have to always be, you know, functioning properly for us to feel optimally well. So it is pretty incredible when you when you start to dig in. Yeah. And it can feel overwhelming and a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. But what I always like to remind us is that our bodies actually know how to heal. Our bodies yes. are always in a heal- as a process of healing. That mm-hmm. is what a symptom. Sometimes healing doesn't always feel good. So mm. you, when you are healing, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are feeling euphoric and energetic and like a sexy beast all the time. <laughs> you're, you know, even when yeah. you're dealing with symptoms and things like that, you're still in that state of healing. Um, so it's important to like kind of relieve some of the stress around like everything that I have to do to make sure that everything is working fun- optimally. You need to realize that it's actually like the more you can kind of step back a little bit and let mm-hmm. your body do and don't get in its way by reducing, you know, the exposure to toxins, mm-hmm. by trying to do these little safety strategies that we've talked about where we're doing deep breathing, meditating, you know, things like that, giving ourselves to opportunities to practice being in stressful situations and recovering from that. Mm-hmm. All of these things help us to kind of just let the body do what it's designed to do in the beautiful way that it's designed to do it and get out of its way. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I feel like that's also something that we forget. We are really good at making checklists of all the things we need to do. Um, I need to do this for my health. I need mm-hmm. to eat this. I need to, you know, be here. I need to breathe this. I need to, you know, and it's just like, sometimes we actually are doing too much. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's the herbalist Rosemary Gladstar who said step one of solving a problem, you know, in your body should always be just like pause and wait. <laughs> yes. Like, like, I love that. Like, it, it might resolve in like two days. You know what I mean? And and I'm the queen of that. Like, I, like is that a hive? Okay, I'm Googling it. Like, what could I have? But it, and maybe it goes away in like two hours and I didn't yeah. need to do all that mental spinning, you know? Yeah. So yeah, pause and wait and then reflect and then, you know, make some food changes. And mm-hmm. like, that's a gentle first step in healing, incorporating more fresh, whole, raw foods or gently cooked whole foods, um, removing processed and fast food. You know, if I just take out soda and fast food, I immediately start to feel differently. You know, some of the coworkers I've had, like this young crew of marketing, um, folks who I've gotten to work with and they just, they'll call me and they'll be like, Sarah, will I feel better if I stop eating Taco Bell every day? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) guaranteed. (laughs) You will, you will feel a lot better. You know, or they're like, I started drinking more water after you mentioned that I'm actually feeling better. And I'm like, yes, yes. You know, so just some of those simple things that we always come back to, but like, are you giving your body eight hours of sleep? Are you you know, having good clean water that you can drink all day and whole foods, fresh whole foods, and then your nourishment, your probiotic, your source of omega-3, your multi, getting your needs met. And then all these, you know, special herbal supports for the different kind of functional issues that I want to work on for my body. Yeah. Yep. I know it's fun. Um, as we hear from a lot of our customers that use our mixers products, they're just so shocked that, you know, just giving your body the basics of nutrition, you know, yeah. can actually help support your body to be able to uh, naturally. I think there's a little bit of a mis, you know, understanding. I think a lot of times people think like 
our product, Her Time, for instance, mm. puts like hormones into your body mm, and that's mm, how you're, mm. you're having, you know, better results and having less um, struggles, you know, during that time of the yeah. month and so, and during different phases of our lives. But, um, but no, it's just giving your body what it needs and then mm-hmm. stepping back, pausing, yes. letting it do its work. It's mm-hmm. not a quick fix. It's just, you know, but just giving your body what it needs, supporting your body, nourishing your body, loving your body mm-hmm. and giving and your mind and giving your body and all of this, what it needs and then step back and yes. let it do its thing. The hive, the acne, the low libido, the, all of these things are just our body expressing to us that Mm -hmm. we need a little more love. We need a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, um, patience maybe. And they are just simply part of the healing process. And Mm. so we don't need to over stress ourselves about having some of these symptoms, Mm -hmm. but just start giving our bodies the things that we need to help give it some of those safety signals. Right. I love it. I love it. I love, I'm going to, my takeaway from our conversation today is that staying curious, curious Mm. about what what information my brain is giving me, curious about the symptoms my body is giving me rather than panic and worry, rather than getting swept along with the anxiousness, just feeling curious about that. Like, hmm, I wonder what that is. I'll keep an eye on it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, just be an observer. Yeah. Yeah, just be an observer. And, you know, I think there's a lot of power to that. I've loved this conversation, Sarah. It's so fun. I feel like we could just have fun and just keep talking and all that. But I just, I hope you ladies that have been joining us in this conversation have learned some things. Um, we, I know we've covered a lot, but what it comes down to is what we want you to understand is um, the many ways that our body can experience stress, but the ways that we can help overcome stress. And it's one of the best things that we can do for our health is to be able to give ourselves that little bit of extra love and patience and observation instead of panic, right? Yes, so. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, girls, I hope you can share this episode with the girls in your life because sharing is caring. We yes. love it when you guys share these episodes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be back again next Tuesday for another episode of the It's Her Time podcast. So if you aren't subscribed, make sure you do subscribe at this time so that you don't ever miss an episode because we want you here. We've got to have these conversations. Knowledge is power. All of this is important for us to talk about and have a safe place for us to be able to um, observe our lives and our body and our health and be able to understand the tools that we have available to us to be able to help us feel our very best so we can go out and do our best. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. All right. 